want you to hit me as hard as you can. Why? How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Wait, let me start earlier. Hi and welcome to the Movie Discussion Cooker. Um, I'm Chanel and uh, this is the fourth episode of my podcast. Um, and um, today we're going to speak about the movie, uh, the 1999 movie Fight Club. Which I've got to say before we even begin, this is my favourite movie of all time. I just want to let everybody know before we start. Uh, yeah, it's my, my ultimate movie. I just love it. But um, anyway... So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the, the movie, what it's about, um, and we're going to touch on some topics that are brought up in it and uh, what I um, what I find most intriguing about it, what I find most interesting, what I love about it, and uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. Okay, so Fight Club is a 1999 American film directed by David Fincher and stars Brad Pitt, Edward Norton and Helen Baum Carter. It's based on the 1996 novel of the same name by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, Norton plays an unnamed narrator who is disconnected with his white-collar job. He forms a fight club with a soap salesman named Tyler Durden, uh, played by uh, Brad, Brad Pitt, and becomes embroiled in a relationship with him and a destitute woman named Marla Singer, who's played by Bob Carter. Um, so, uh, basically, what happens is we've got an opening scene of um, the narrator... Uh, with a gun down his mouth, uh, in his mouth, sorry, and um, what happens is, he basically is being, um, he looks like he's been held held captive, so the, uh, the Brad Pitt's holding a gun in his mouth, in uh, Norton's mouth, and um, it then freezes a uh, frame, and it uh, the narrator say 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 tells the uh, audience that. Um, this whole this whole situation, everything that came to be, started with um, a woman named uh, Marla Singer, who's played by Helen uh, Bohm Carter. Um, now, then it flicks to a scene where um, Edward Norton is in a... This looks like a support group setting. Uh, he's sitting down in his chair and... Um, um, a man is speaking of his um, experience uh, with his... Uh, I think he's talking about his ex-wife. He's saying that his ex-wife is to have a child soon. Um, and uh, the support group, I think, it, it lets you know that the support group's for men with testicular cancer. Um, so the the guy's explaining that his uh, ex-wife is, is to have a baby very soon. And obviously the whole reason why uh, he's at the sport group is because he can't have children uh, because he, you know he has had having testic testicular cancer uh then um there's a the part of the group uh, the group session where you have to embrace in a hug and let out all of your you know um feelings basically so edward norton's sitting alone while everybody else pairs up and he peers across the room to see um a character and the character is played by meatloaf the singer um he's uh, comes over to him and they embrace in a hug um now then after that it freeze frames once again and the narrator uh takes you back to the beginning to the reason why he's there at a testicular um support testicular cancer support group um and it um flashes to a scene where um He's basically um, t 
telling this to the audience that he's suffering with um sorry yeah so he's suffering with insomnia um yeah and he tells um the audience that he's suffering with insomnia and he, you know basically what it's like to have insomnia um which you know he, he doesn't know where he is and he's not always tired and you know he's never really awake and whatnot and then it takes you to a scene where um it shows um what he does for a living and then it takes us to a scene where he's um going to a doctor and basically he's pleading with him to give him some sort of medication so he can sleep um the doctor is reluctant to do so and um you know says you know try natural uh, remedies exercise whatnot just the basic things really um which obviously Edward Norton doesn't feel is going to help. Um, he he then you know tries to um, you know uh, get his point across that you know oh he's in pain because he, he really can't sleep he feels like he's in pain. Now the doctor um, gets uh, well t- tells him to uh, get himself down to a support group in uh, to men with testicular cancer and then you can you, then you'll know about pain. Basically he's you know just taking the mix saying like you don't know about pain or. Uh, go do this. Um, well, obviously, um, Edward Norton can't sleep anyway, so he takes him up on the offer because he must be intrigued. Uh, so uh, he goes to this support group, and this is where the opening scene comes from. So basically, we get back to the point where, you know, we get back to the uh, the point of being at this opening, uh, being um, at the support group, and um, he's uh, so we're back to hugging Meatloaf, and. Um, and his name was Robert Paulson. His name's Robert Paulson in the movie, uh, Meatloaf character. And um, yeah, so he uh, he cries in um, Edward Norton's arms, um, Meatloaf, and and then and then asks Edward Norton, you know what, what you know what you let let it out, let out all your pain, basically. And obviously, Edward Norton isn't suffering from um, testicular cancer, so. Uh, there's the the reasons for why Edward Norton starts crying is unknown. We don't know that yet, but obviously he's he's suffering from an element of pain, so he starts crying, and um, he comes to a conclusion that once he starts crying, he can sleep. He slept like a baby. His words in the movie, he says babies don't sleep as well as this. Uh, so he's he's got he's come to a discovery that you know if he goes to these groups and uh, cries. He can sleep very well. Uh, th- what happens after this is um, a, a lady uh, named Marla um, comes to one of the support groups, the testicular um, cancer support group, uh, and um, starts coming to all the other ones that um, Edward Dorton attends to, which because he, he's been. He's, gotten addicted because of uh, the the amount of sleep he's, he's able to get once he goes to these he's he just got addicted to them he's come very reliant on going to these support groups um but what's happening now is that he's um got this um marla coming to the also coming to them as well now this is a problem for edward norton because he he's obviously he knows he's deceiving these people but he's getting what he needs out of it but he um he doesn't like the fact that marla is there also there and doesn't have anything wrong with her so her lie portrays his lie so basically it makes him feel bad about himself for for, for doing it 
basically. Her her presence makes him feel bad about what he's doing. So he um, basically confronts her and says, you know, oh, you need to stop coming here because obviously I need this. You need to stop coming, uh, which she's reluctant to do so. Um, I think due, due to being bored or I don't know, um, I think she's bored because she does say, you know, it's cheaper than a movie and um, you get free coffee. Um, to be honest, I think that um, there's more of an underlying um, issue with uh, the reasons why Marla goes to these um, support groups. Um, it's, but, well, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, um, you know, it's like a similar thing to um, why um, Edwin Norton does it. Does it, you know, like obviously, um, there's there's some problems, deep issues within them that um, se- seem to want to get out but they don't know how to do it, so they've resorted in um, going to support groups for things that don't really affect them, but they still they still feel and sense the pain that others are feeling because they feel a similar pain within themselves. This is my analogy of it, but, um, you know, I'm not sure. But uh, that there's obviously, I believe that there's a deeper reason for going to these um, uh, support groups. Uh, right, but um, so uh, after after he's confronted her... She basically, um, uh, well, she dis- she's she was not going to uh, give them up. Basically, she's going to carry on doing it no matter what. Uh, so, uh, Edward Norton um, decides to, you know, uh, uh, ask her if she wants to split the um, support groups because there's quite a few of them. So basically, you know, you take these days and I take these days, so we don't. Um, meet each other or see each other while while we do go into that she um she says yeah no problem then he suggests you know oh, we should exchange numbers so if we want to change our days uh we can get in contact with each other she's like yep yeah, no problem fine and then um he uh flicks to another scene where um the narrator is on an um business trip well it's coming from a business trip and he um he's uh sleeping actually i think he uh he falls this lost to fell asleep he wakes up and um he is next to uh tyler Durden, which is played by um uh, brad pitt so basically um but before i go into uh the uh, this character um and this scene uh, all throughout the movie the the beginning scene the very beginning the beginning scenes of the the movie not all throughout sorry but from the beginning scenes of the movie there keeps being flickers like flicker images of Brad Pitt so uh, for instance in the very beginning of the movie when it um, showed his um, experience of suffering from um, insomnia um, it shows like a an image flick of Brad Pitt um, and then it also shows it when um, Marla is um, attending all these support groups and then it shows her walking home. It, this is just before he approaches her. It shows a flick of Tyler Durden again. So um, we keep seeing these flicks uh, in the beginning of the movie and now we're actually seeing who this person is, right? So uh, everybody's a bit confused with that in the very beginning. So, um, right, so we meet this um, Tyler... Durton and um he's a soap salesman uh yes yeah, so they make a bit of small talk and then uh the narrator returns home uh when he gets home he, he finds his apartment's been in a catastrophic explosion which has uh, ended up blowing up all of his things everything that he ever um, owned is gone um now 
there's a little piece of paper that he was um, given. Um, you know, it's all burnt up, but the number's still there, the name's still there, Marla's number is there. So he picks it up um, and goes to a phone box and, and goes to ring her. Now, I'm assuming that he's going to, you know, find somewhere to, to stay. Maybe he's, he's, he's got no one to, to phone, so he's calling her. Um, and then he rings. Um, he, she answers. He, he hears her say hello. And she puts he puts the phone down. He must have decided against it, um, which is understandable, really, when she's the one person that uh, almost jeopardised his um, his being able to sleep. So uh, you can see where, how he um, retreated from that idea. Why he might have retreated from that idea, but um, then he you know checked his pockets and he found the number that he'd gotten from uh, Tyler Durton, which I forgot to add um, on the way back. He um, when Tyler Durton says to him, oh, I'm a soap salesman, he handed him a card, a business card. So he finds his business card, business card. it says, you know, it's got his name on there, so he, uh, a number, so he rings Tyler, um, rings, rings, ringing out, um, he doesn't answer. So he puts the phone down and he uh, turns around and he's about to, um, uh, you know, walk away. And then the phone uh, box rings. Um, so he answers, uh he says, Tyler, and Tyler's like, who's this? And then he basically says, you know, I'm the guy, the smart guy, you, you know, you you met on the on the airplane. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, uh, what can I do for you? And um, he basically says, oh, you won't believe this. And then uh, the next scene is where him and Tyler are meeting at a bar. They meet at a bar, they go inside, uh, they just sit down, have a drink, and they're speaking, and um, basically he's uh, venting. The narrator's venting to uh, Tyler about how, you know, I've lost everything and, you know, I can't believe this happened, you know, and, you know, I had some really decent things in there. My home was just, like, it was set up for me, like, uh, everything is gone. And um, Tyler sort of, like, rolls his eyes sort of thing and he's like, you know, oh, you know, basically his concept of life saying, you know, oh, what's a duvet, he asks him. And he's like, oh, it's a comfort, basically, the narrator says. And he's like, no, it's just a blanket, it's a blanket, it's... um. It doesn't help us in the hunter gatherer sense, you know. We just um, basically cows, sheep, uh, cattle, and we just um, we consumed by uh, as consumers. We're consumed by things that we don't need, and we work, you know, rubbish jobs, and we hate the jobs we work to buy things that we don't need. Basically, so that's his philosophy on life, and uh, you know, and um, you know, Tyler's just like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah whatever, he's not really bothered because he's, you know, drinking beer and they just bit beside himself, really, not really taking much mind to his theories, anyway, so they leave the bar, um, and he's like, oh, well, it's getting late now, you know, the the narrator, uh, Edward Norton, he's like, oh, you know, it's getting late now, uh, I better go, better go find a hotel or something, uh, which, to that um, statement, Tyler laughs, like, sniggers a bit, and he's like, you know, <laughs> three pictures and you still can't ask me and he's like oh what do you mean and he's like you know just ask and he says uh what do you mean he said what did you call me for um tyler says you know what did you call me for you call me because you need a place to stay and basically um you know like any normal person would be he's like kind of denying it i mean like you probably that was your initial thought but you you probably um you know you you want to play it down basically which is what um the narrator tries to do he tries to play it down like no no I would never do that I would never impose and he's like uh 
would that be all right and he's like just ask and he says okay could I stay at yours and he's like yep yeah, no problem and then then that's when Tyler says you know but I need you to do something for me first and he's like okay what is it and he says I want you to hit me and he says what do you mean he says I want you to hit me and he's like what? is this crazy why what you? he says I just want you to hit me I've never been in a fight you know and he's like that's a good thing um dinner and he's like no no how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight and he's um like come on I just want you to hit me so you know he's like oh, okay I'll do it I'll do it puts his things down and like whacks him in the side of his um, ear and his neck uh and then um you know uh, Ty- uh Tyler's like oh, oh my ear and he's like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry and he's like uh, no that's perfect and then whacks him in the face no sorry he whacks him in the stomach um the narrator what's uh, Edward Norton in the stomach uh, Edward Norton's like ah oh, that really hurt that really hurt hit me again and then they literally start fighting now um after that they're both sitting um on their side the sidewalk basically and um he's like oh you know this was fun we should do it again uh edward norton says to uh tyler and then uh, gives him hands him a beer they're drinking a beer on the, on the street basically on the curb um and he, they make their way to tyler's place uh when they get there it's like a derelict and uh, dilapidated house it's in an industrial area um and you know it's all uh it's basically runs brown water and like there's holes in the walls like the the staircase is all falling apart like it's basically like the most think of a um, a building that's been left just like an industrial building that's just been left you know um basically that's what that's what he where he's living now um yeah they get there they get inside and whatnot and uh you know he's like okay that's you that's me basically that's your room that's my room and um yeah, he stays there, um, uh, and he ends up staying there for a bit, and, um, they keep going to this bar, and they keep every, what they, what's become a routine thing now is they keep fighting, they keep fighting outside this bar, you know, every evening when they're finished having their drinks, they have a fight <laughs> outside the bar, now, what's happened now is they've, they've gained attention of people at the bar, the people have come outside and start watching the fight, and then it just keeps more and more people keep come in to watch them fight then all of a sudden men are wanting to to start fighting too you know recreationally like they're all wanting to do it like all join in um and then it, it becomes more so there's so there's more so much more uh, men want to do it that they end up having um these fights at the bar's basement um so there's, there's enough men now so that they can, they've actually called it and made it into a, a club. So it's a fight club now, right? So, and it's initiated by, um, you know, basically Tyler stating the uh, rules of fight club. So rule one, you do not speak about fight club. Uh, rule two, you do not speak about fight club. And then obviously there's the other rules where there's only two men uh, to a fight. There's only one fight at a time, and you fight till um, the end, basically. So as long as you can fight for, if anybody taps out or goes like all um, um, woozy or whatever he says, like if it goes like jelly, you know, then you stop the fight, right? So th- those are the rules, um, and you know this is on this is ongoing. Um, basically, uh, becomes a something that Edward Norton looks forward to the weekend to uh, to do his his fights at the fight club um okay so basically um 
he gets a call from Marla um, at Tyler's house and says, uh, you know, she says, oh, I'm going to kill myself, basically. I, I think I'm overdosing now. I've took a lot of pills. You know, I don't think I'm going to die. This is more an um, cry for help than me actually committing suicide. But all the same, um, Edward Norton just literally places the phone the phone on top of um, the um, the phone box thing, really, because he, he doesn't want to hear it, you know, um, and um, goes off. Uh, but Tyler walks past the phone hearing her speaking on the phone and answers the phone. Um, to, obviously, he doesn't know what's going on, so he goes to her house to, you know, sort of save her, really, uh, just to see if she's okay. Um, and um, what happens is they end up sleeping together. Tyler and um, Marla. Um, uh, what happens after that is the beginning of a relation, sexual relationship. Um, obviously, uh, the narrator gets um, really irritated by that fact. Yeah, so um, Tyler warns um, the narrator, you know, never to talk uh, to Marla about him. Um, and then basically the... the um, you know, relationship that they're having, you know, has nothing to do with their relationship. Um, you know, Edwards and Brad Pitt's relationship has nothing to do with it. So do not speak about um Tyler to Marla. Right. So um after that, um the narrator um blacks blackmails his his boss um for his company assets. Uh, it assets so basically he does this so he can um support a fight club, so he can quit and quits his job. Now, the scene that um influenced uh Edward Norton to do that was um Brad Pitt almost loses the uh bar basement to where they they hold their um fight club fights. Um, basically, um, his name's Lou. Uh, Lou, the owner of the uh, bar, comes down to the basement, finds them all fighting. Well, finds them all congregating there, basically. And it's like, you know, you can't use this place anymore. And then, um, obviously, starts uh, hitting Brad Pitt. You know, obviously, Brad Pitt's like, I really like this place. So he gets um, really upset, Lou, and starts um, battering the hell out of Brad Pitt, basically. You know, like, trying to make his point. Like, you can't have this place. It's my place. It's not, it's not yours. Um, so, basically... He beats him really bad. He really gives him a good scene too. Uh, Brad Pitt's like proper bloodied up and bruised and that. Uh, but then Brad Pitt jumps on Lou and like shakes all his blood off him like a dog basically, and uh, uh, onto the blood onto Lou. And Lou's like, oh my god, you know he's repulsed by what what's what he's done. And uh, Lou's like, you know what, just have it. Just yeah, you can use it. You can use it. No problem. Anyway. Uh, Edward Norton's inspired by that, and that's when he decides to to blackmail his um his boss basically, uh, and the, the boss is like, you know, get the hell out, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you're not blackmailing me. So that is when Edward Norton says, okay, this this could work. And he starts punching himself and throwing himself everywhere, you know, and then like ends up getting on his knees and going by the boss and like holding the boss's arms and basically it ends up looking like the boss has done that to Edward Norton um and um that that gives the uh, boss no choice but to um submit to his uh, blackmail so soon uh, fight clubs begin to form across the country
um new new members uh, beginning the, uh, to join in the mass um including um uh, the narrator's friend from the support groups Robert Paulson uh, the man who had the testicular cancer meet love um uh, so then uh, what happens is uh they start re- Tyler starts recruiting her members um to the new anti-materialism and anti-corporate organization which is the fight club um and then all of a sudden that uh ends up Brad Pitt ends up changing the name to sorry Tyler ends up changing the name to Project Mayhem Mayhem uh without the narrator's involvement so obviously um the narrator gets really angry at that um Edward Norton and at his first um exercise of that uh, frustration is to um beat the hell out of um one of the members uh, I can't remember what his name was in it um Angel Face yeah which is played by Gerard Leto um yeah so basically he he really uh, beats the hell out of him um getting his frustrations out in um the uh, uh anger of not being involved in the the um construction of project mayhem um so this is the this project is basically um where they, they all engage in um submersive acts of vandalism and violence so like basically they um they get they feed all these pigeons um uh, loads of bird seeds so they end up pooing all over um the the uh, car sales place like you know bmws and whatnot they end up pooing all over them uh they they um they get um blow up computers a, a, a computer um shop store major computer store and they let you know uh, they're put on um like it's a place like b&q or somewhere like that uh but like the american um uh version basically and um it's they've put they put on it in bigger flashing um, lights at the front of uh, this this store. You know, oh, um, did you know? Uh, I think I think they say it's something petrol or something, something like that. I can't remember what it is, but basically it fertilizes your lawn, so you don't have to buy all these uh, expensive things. It's just uh, it's something very simple, basically. But they broadcast that on on the very front of the store. So basically, they're putting them, you know, making them lose a lot of profit on certain things. Um, they do uh, well, so they do. They, yeah, they go around smashing like um, people's headlights and stuff like that. But only nice cars, like not not average cars, like the really nice posh cars. Like they they do it to those ones only. Basically, people who really cherish their material things, which is what they're against. So yeah, they do that, the things like that. But um, what starts to happen is um, the the project starts to get more um mobilized basically and more um it gets more efficient and but the things that they're starting to do uh what um the narrator starting to notice is becoming more troubled and um troubling and um it's becoming more um sinister the things that are being planned but the, and a lot of things he doesn't have a clue about he's starting to feel really left out and he's starting to you know start to starting to think you know hold up this isn't a lot of these things that he's doing now they're getting a bit too they're going a bit too far now because he starts to realise that um, Tyler is mass producing, mass producing um, uh, explosives, uh, which is you know obviously they they blew up the uh, computer site and stuff like that. 
the computer um, shut store and stuff, but um, it's for more way more than that. And also, there's um a thing that there's one thing that um Brad Pitt does is hold this um guy up. Basically, goes into a convenience store, takes the guy out of the convenience store, the person working by the till, and has a gun to the back of his head, and basically um you know asks him what he wanted to be. And uh, the the guy says he wants to be a, he wanted to be a veterinary, but he dropped out. Um, he says if you don't do that, if you don't go out and do that, right, I'm going to kill you, basically. So um, basically, giving this guy incentive to um, to go out there and you know really chase his dreams instead of living the you know the the dead life he's living that you know just barely even you know just living to breathe basically you're not doing anything with your life uh which i never i didn't get the the, the point of that really because um you know he sort of tyler's sort of saying you know we, we're not we're not going to be celebrities we're not going to be millionaires we're not going to be all these things and stuff like you know we don't need all these materialistic things and stuff but i, I do understand in a sense obviously instead of doing nothing do something that you care about then if it's not for um you know if it's not for you like do it for others basically so just do something with your life that's meaningful basically i'll get i'll get where it comes from uh but you know like i just don't know why that had to happen in uh, that maybe it related to um the narrator's life you know making him think you know before this he wasn't doing anything with his life he was just living and working to buy things he didn't need basically so i'll get i'll kind of get the comparison i get it um well anyway um so yeah that that happens and the more these things are happening the more um the narrator is getting uh worried about the behavior that's going on right um and they're starting to become um yeah they're starting to become more um um organized in their um in their sinister acts basically um and tyler start uh, not tyler sorry um <clears throat> the narrator starts to get um increasingly um annoyed that he's been uh, excluded and he uh, stresses those annoyance uh, grievances to um tyler um resulting in tyler um leaving so tyler leaves and um uh, the narrator um realizes also he realizes that Tyler caused the explosion at his apartment so um you know you can't believe that that happened basically so all this is because Tyler made his apartment explode and he's obviously wants answers so he goes in search for him um oh, but before that sorry before that happens um Robert Paulson gets killed and um that's a meatloaf if you want to know and um they, 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 um, he gets killed by a policeman during a botched sabotage operation, basically. So, basically, trying to, uh, they were trying to cut off this, break down this monumental, um, statue that meant something, I don't know, meant something that they weren't, didn't believe in, and it was meant to coincide, it meant to coincide with another thing that they were wanting to break, which was, um, they wanted to roll that monument down into a coffee shop, destroy a coffee shop, a major coffee shop, um, basically. So they wanted to do that, um, but it went wrong. And, uh, yeah, like I said, um, Robert Paulson ended up getting shot in the head. Um, after that, 
uh, obviously that really shook Edward Norton and he um, tries to halt the project. Uh, after this, um, the narrator goes on a hunt to find Tyler. Um, he goes to um, different cities. He's basically following um, a paper trail um, of flight tickets that's been used by Tyler to, to, to get to certain um, cities and areas to create uh, new fight clubs, basically. So he's, he's bouncing from each one, uh, trying to find him. Um, while he's doing this, he um, he lets the uh, audience know that he he kind of subconsciously feels like he knows everywhere he's going, like he knows everywhere he's trying to find him, like he knows exactly where he's going and where he's been. He feels like he's been there before, um, which is a little bit of an, um, a clue to what's going to happen next. So basically, yeah, he's doing this, he's going everywhere and that. And then he, um, he lands at one bar in one city. I can't remember what city it is, but he lands there and, um, he sees a, a man uh, behind the bar. He's got a, a brace on around his neck, obviously being in a, a fight. Uh, and um, he's cleaning the cleaning the glass and he's like, uh, oh, um, nice to see you again, sir. Um, you know, how are you and that? And he's like, he's like uh, yeah, I need to I need to find um, Tyler. Where, do you know where he is? Have you seen him? And he says, um, what's it called? Is this a test? The, the, the bartender. Um, then uh, the narrator re- re- resp- responds with, uh, no, it's not a test. I just really want to know where uh, Tyler is. And then um, he says, uh, oh, okay, um, you know, because you were standing there last week asking us about security. And, uh, well, like I said, it's it's immaculate. It's everything's fo- um, great. And he's like, um, I was here last week. And he says, yeah. And he says, um, okay, uh, who do you think I am? And then the bartender replies with Mr. Durton. And um, obviously that shakes up the narrator. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? What? How the hell am I Tyler Durton? But he, do, he doesn't even try to um, explain that to the bartender. He just runs out of that place, goes back to his hotel where he's uh, staying and um, calls up Marla, um, played by um, Helena Bowen car and uh he says like what's my name and she um she says oh this is another one of your games because i can't be bothered with this and and this 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 and he says what's my name i'm really asking you i really ask you i really need to know and then um she says um Durton, tyler Durton. and then all of a sudden he gets rushing uh thoughts in his head about um all the things that have happened all the things he's done um him alone and then suddenly Tyler appears in a chair um opposite him so he's he's looking at him and he's like you've gone and done the one thing I told you not to do discuss me with um discuss me with Marla um why did you do that now you're gonna have to face the consequences and obviously the consequences are that he's now realizing that um Tyler is in fact himself and um and this is where you know the when we spoke we touched on the beginning um about him keep seeing flicks of Tyler Durden. Uh, this is where he was starting to build this um personality up in his head. Uh this is when he was starting to build him up. So obviously that um with the insomnia that he was having and uh, that put together with um his uh, depression and that put together with his uh, you know, lack of happiness in his life, um, he created 
an alter ego. I say alter personality, alternate personality who was everything that he wanted to be. So basically, Tyler explains this. He's like, you know, I'm everything you want. I'm everything you want to be. I'm I'm confident. I am, you know, I look the way you want. I act the way you want. I don't I don't care about anything, basically. You know, I'm everything you want to be. And then if we what we can do right there is like we can break down a lot of things really about this because when you think about people with M- MPD, multiple personality uh, disorder, when you think about that, or DID, dissociative um, identity disorder, which is, I think, is more on the the, the narrator's side. I think he's he's more of a DID um, sufferer than an MPD because he's he's dissoci- he dissociates himself from um, Tyler Durden. So he he's totally created another being, an entity, and that that being is is living and breathing as Tyler Durden. It's got nothing to do with um the narrator, which is obviously the totally separate um, people. As you know, as you notice, what he's been doing, he's been going to certain cities and creating all these fight clubs and having no recollection of it, which means he's dissociated from his body basically who's gone in his mind somewhere and created this other alter ego who's um done everything else for him but but not for him for obviously he's this is why I think it's DID because he's the personality is Tyler Durden is doing it for himself and doing it for obviously all these people that he feels are being you know um abusers consumers basically so he's been doing all this for himself as as an actual person which that that personality has been created by the narrator so that's why i think it's more of a did situation more than a um mpd when you try and piece this together um you can go back to the beginning of the story um as he's as he's creating this um identity uh this other identity you can go back to the beginning where he states that you know he's got insomnia right that's that's the breeding ground for creating this personality so obviously while he's been um sleeping like a baby um from the uh you know embraces of crying and embracing people hugging people um he's been creating this alter ego who's been actively going out and doing things so for instance um when he says about Tyler Durton's um, job as a soap salesman. So he's been creating these, while he's been asleep, thinking he's asleep, he's been, Tyler Durton's been creating all these soaps and um, sending them to uh, the um, the uh, super superstores, you know, the mega stores, expensive stores. Um, he's been taking his soaps there. So he's been creating soaps, right? Um, while he's been asleep, while the narrator's been asleep, he's been um, having a... Um, evening job as a, uh, uh, what's it called? A cinema, a cinema um, player, I guess. Uh, you know, so he puts like little, uh, he puts the reels on her, like a reel changer, basically. He changes the reel of the movie so it keeps flowing, and it's a film. Obviously, there's a bit of co- uh, comedic um, entity there where he puts um, little bits of um, pornography in children's, um, family children's. Um, movies which is oh it's really weird to me but he does that anyway um and you know he also is a waiter at very um exclusive um hotels and restaurants and whatnot He's, he does um banqueting uh waiter waitership and um he's been doing all these jobs and all this while he's been sleeping 
So obviously people with insomnia, once they're able to sleep, you'd obviously um, understand that this person could would be in deep, deep sleep. Uh, not only that, you've got to remember um, throughout when he found these support groups, he's learning meditation. So he he's able to go deep into his mind um, without knowing what's going on outside. So obviously his body has took advantage of that and while creating this um, identity. Yeah. So that's happening. So that's how he's that's how he's uh, formed the person. And then you can uh, also piece together um you know because when you're trying to think like trying to figure out how has he done that without not knowing that he's done all this how has he done all this um you know creating this um project mayhem and um got all these people together to do all this um and then it shows um uh back to um when he was doing all these things and when Tyler Durton's explaining to him how he did it he's like sh- uh, showing him like you know this shows the scene when he goes oh uh he's a you know we should do this again the first instance at the bar when they met each other when they were sitting outside after the first fight they ever had he's uh he passes him the drink but there's nobody there um so he's he's talking to himself basically uh the first fight scene he's fighting himself and obviously that that makes people be very like intrigued what, what's he doing why is he doing that to himself that's why he um people initially wanted to you know, join, because it's like, oh, okay, this man's a bit crazy, but, you know, he's, I think he's, he's, he's got something here, <laughs> My, uh, he's releasing certain sort of, ten- sort of tensions, you know, in himself, which obviously a lot of people have, don't they, in like, day-to-day life, a lot of people have a lot of tensions, built pent-up tensions, and need to release it somehow, people saw that, the men that uh, joined the club, obviously, must have saw that, and thought, you know, like, this is, this is for me to release my anger and tension, so, so obviously, that drew them to seen someone do that and sort of being liberated uh, they must have seen um edward norton doing that to himself and seen him as being like liberated after doing it and they wanted to feel the same thing which obviously he portrays that in the beginning of the movie you, you see that, that you see their intrigue and their intrigue and um you know they're wanting to get get their attention out and whatnot you see that so obviously it's showing that it's showing that um the part where um he says, uh, you know, the narrator says, well, how, how have I been, I saw you do all these things, like, how could, and then he, um, replies, responds with, uh, you know, you, you made and projected, um, me to do things that you would wish you could do, so when that was happening, when you saw me get beat up by, basically he's saying, when you saw me get beat up by someone, or saw me fighting someone, um, that was you, um, creating a sort of movie for yourself, you know, that you created a situation where you, it seemed like you're on the outside of it, watching it, which really, you got to think about it, he, he is doing that in a sense, because if he was sleeping at the time, um, his, his subconscious, like the actual Edward Norton, if he was sleeping at the time, while he was letting this um, alter um, personality um, do all these things, he was seeing it wasn't he because he's, he's still seeing what tyler's doing because it's him doing it so he's subconsciously he's still seeing him doing it so yeah it is still the same thing he's created an image of what he wants to look like what he wants to be and then he's putting it in the situation of um creating the fight clubs of um speaking of um you know as in speaking to these people as, of, as in creating all these things he's putting that physical entity that that he's created and and doing 
and in doing so he's um you know enabling it to do stuff he's enabling that uh, personality to do stuff by doing them he's physically doing them but he's um creating the uh, character Brad Pitt to do them for him visually so his brain can accept that you know it's not him doing it so his brain's um confused basically so he, he's not he, the only way he's kept this gone going sustained this is by you know showing portraying to himself an image that he wants to be and all the things he's actually doing that he doesn't believe himself to be able to do he's letting that character do it um Brad Pitt so basically um that that's that's happened that's how he's done it basically uh, that's how um Brad Pitt's like explained to him how you've done this you've done this not me you created me to be able to do it because you wanted to do it but you didn't believe in yourself that you could do it so that you that's why you could create this um identity in me so anyway um obviously he's, he, he can't believe what's happened and like he uh, passes out um desperate with the knowledge of what's happened um the narrator uh, knows where he's going and he goes to the one of the spots where there's an um explosive um, and I think it's the first explosive that's going to trigger off many explos- explosions. So basically, he goes there, um, the ground zero, basically, where it, where it's going to come from. So he goes to um, that building, and, um, wait, and it's a credit card building, by the way. Uh, right, so he goes there, and um, he finds Tyler there. And Tyler's like, oh, what, well, like, what are you doing? You know, like, you know, I don't. Stop messing about. Basically, he's acting a bit like an annoying ghost. Um, you know, like he keeps taunting him and he keeps like being here and being there, flashing everywhere, basically. And then um uh Tyler manages to get in by um shooting the window the one of the doors and gets gets in the built the building. Uh gets to um the car park downstairs to find the van holding the explosive. Um and um he tries to um stop it it tries to uh, stop the uh, detonate deton- from it detonating so um he he's going to pull the wire which wire he's trying to figure out which one it is and um tyler's like trying to manipulate him he's like oh how do you know that i um i thought of the right wire to pull um to stop it i'm, I'm thinking of the wrong wire so that you don't know the right wire right uh, but obviously that doesn't fool uh, the narrator because um, obviously the narrator is the expert because he's the one that's done all of this. So he's the expert of expl- uh, explosives. Now, um, he figures out the right wire and pulls it. It stops the de- it stops um, the uh, countdown. And then um, obviously Bradby gets upset. Tyler Dern gets upset. Um, obviously his... Um, alter ego uh his um other identity in his brain is upset with what's happening it's um con- it's conflicting with what he wants to happen so this is what i'm saying this is why i think it's definitely um he's a did uh, dissociate identity disordered um person because he's able to have two thoughts two totally different thoughts so and um feelings and uh one so one of them is i can't do this this is really wrong and then the other one is like no i want this is happening this needs to this needs to free us all this needs to stop everyone from um you know being in debt from being mindless consumers this is what will do it so obviously what happens then is um tyler starts 
punching um, uh, Edward Norton. Like, he literally smacks him, like, kicks him in the head. And it's really funny because he um, he's, like, doing, like, a bit of a uh, Bruce Lee sort of bit. Basically, he's, like, he's <laughs> trying to, like, he's beating him up in, like, karate style, basically. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh. But, um, yeah, you can see on the camera, like, it's it's a bit weird actually, but uh, you can see that it's it's um, Edward Norton inflicting the pain on himself basically, um, but obviously to um, the narrator it's it's happening to him from Tyler. Tyler's doing this to him, um, but um, yeah, so it gets like dragged and it, that looks really weird because uh, I don't know how he would do that, but um, apparently like you know I've read a lot of books about DID and whatnot and um, it, it this stuff happens like the there, there's your brain power is obviously it proves that your brain power you know if you use enough of it that um you can do things that are just absolutely phenomenal like, like crazy you know what i mean like and um but obviously in the movie it shows him being dragged back but he looks like a ghost doing it but it, that would have been actually him and because the brain believes that somebody's doing that to him he's acting that out like physically able to do that and a lot of the um like if you watch if you've watched uh, the movie Split, which you know I'm gonna watch that and uh, we're gonna have an um, episode on that, but uh, let's not get too into it. Um, basically, uh, the the whole thing about Split is that he believes that he can make himself into a monster, and he he does actually create his body turns into monster like char- characteristics. So you can see how um, Tyler could could be you know actually. Um, to the narrator a real person really doing this because in his mind his mind's that strong that he's created something that he believes into really he believes really is there and is really happening to him so the brain's very powerful as you can see um with him doing that so like you know if you if you're thinking you know when you're watching the movie thinking oh that's just absolutely ridiculous that would never happen it actually has like it's actually happened people have done that i've read like i said i've read a lot of um, stories on um not stories sorry a true factual based books on um mpd and um did now did is the um uh, dissociate identity disorder is the what the thing that I think um, Edward Norton's got because, um, like, I've just gone through uh, the fact that he can do those things um, outside of his body and actually act like, not even act like, um, portray two people doing two totally different things. So um, you can um, see where um, that that ties in with it. But what I'm saying is um, with DID... um, it's more it's not just a personality it's an actual being and state of mind and state of way so obviously like i said there's two fully conflicting um sides one per it's like if you put it in this instance like the way um the narrator does one person is um you know a sort of um uh someone who's fighting for um what they believe in in the sense of um people being materialistic you know and that it's it's terrible and it's not a good thing and like you know we need to be um more free living and then you've got one person who's um totally well not against that but totally um the opposite spectrum of it you know so you've got vigilante style and you've got um 
someone who's just uh, weak-minded and scared and uh, you know afraid of anything any change and stuff like that, that which is the narrator so um you know that that's how you can say see that you know it's more of an actual identity like a full identity than a um, personality it, this person has its own being everything has everything all these other um aspects to its to himself like an actual person so this is what uh, did is um so but um with did uh I, like i would say um it's definitely i think it's definitely that disorder that he has because um also there's scenes where um tyler durton's talking about um you know oh about his upbringing sorry and uh, he's like you know oh my um my dad um he never went to university so i had to go to university it was important for him to do that so um he went to university and um he's like basically asking his dad what to do well, what do i do now what do i do now and then in the end um he, he says that you know um you should settle down now and have a wife and kids and whatnot um and every response um that edward norton has is a telltale set um telltale sign that he has um suffered from a lot of abuse as a child growing up a mental abuse uh, rather than physical uh, well it doesn't you don't you don't really know but I'd, I'd speculate that he's been through some sort of abuse when it comes to um not having a nurturing uh, a nurturing mother because if you look at the way Tyler explains his upbringing, Tyler says, you know, oh, oh, my mother raised me and we're a generation of men who have been raised by women. And, you know, we don't, I don't think we need women. So that, now, if you've got to remember, Tyler um, is created by Edward Norton, right? The character, uh, the narrator, sorry. And he's everything that he wants to be. Tyler does everything that the narrator wants to be. So it, that that proves that, um, the narrator wanted um, a father figure in his life. He didn't have one, like he says to Tyler in the conversation when they're talking about parents. He says, I never knew my dad. So obviously that's portrayed in Tyler's life as I had a dad. and My dad told me what to do. But um, obviously um, the way he's created that is he's made his dad um, not know what he's talking about, basically. The way Tyler uh, speaks about his father, he acts like his father didn't really know what he was talking about. He was just telling him to do a certain list of things without really knowing or having any, um, you know, having any knowledge on the things that he's doing, basically. Um, but then you hear that he, um, uh, the narrator didn't know his father, but um, his father didn't never stayed with um the mother he rather he was uh, going from city to city uh stayed for with one person for a couple of years and made, had children with those people and uh, w women and then then just left them he just kept doing that it was like an ongoing thing with him which is that shows that that father didn't know what he was doing either so obviously he's portrayed that in um tyler the narrator's portrayed that in tyler um and then after that uh also he say he states that you know oh I could never um, have a wife and kids I could never settle down because I'm a, I'm a I'm a young boy in a man's a thirty year old man's body you know I could never I could never settle down and be married now so what you can they can all conclude to is that he has never had a nurturing mother steady um, relationship with a, a father figure he's never had any sort of it sounds like he's never had any sort of 
real nurturing in his um, upbringing and he's never had anyone there to, to love him, basically. Because it, when you think about it, the reason why he's uh, going to these um, support groups is because he can't sleep. So, obviously, the reasonings behind the insomnia have to be to do with how he's feeling. So, obviously, <clears throat> if you if you put that together as, you know, he's depressed and he's got no um, confidence in himself because he's never, it's never been instilled in him to have those, that sort of confidence. Yeah. He's never, he's never had that instilled in him. So what's happened is obviously um, he's grown up to believe that, you know, he's not really worth anything and, you know, there's nothing that he can really do. He's just, he's just, he's quite weak and he's like a childlike. So he sees himself as a child, as he says, you know, I'm, I'm a child in a man's body. He sees he's stayed in the form of a child. In his mind, he's still a child, which he's still searching for nurturing and love. So when he goes to these um, support groups, you can see how this works. He's going to support groups to, to find a sense of care, like somebody to care about him. So if he's portraying that he has testicular cancer or he has a certain illness people are more inclined to to you know sort of pity you and feel sorry for you and in in that sense they're going to give you some sort of nurturing they're going to give you some sort of care you know and and that's where you find once he's embracing these people crying in these people's arms like a child would to their mother when they've been they've hurt themselves or whatnot um and getting that nurturing love and that's what he's saying. He says um, in the scene, like, you know, when um, if you don't say what's wrong with you, people expect the worst. So then they give you even more um, love and nurturing, you know, even more care, which it's fulfilling him temporarily. So this is why he got um, so addicted to going to these support groups, because it's just a um, a temporary um, fulfillment um, by getting that in that in that instance getting that nurturing getting that love that he needs in that embrace and getting that um you know that that feeling of a child being um consoled by a parent which he never had it, it seems that that's what he's never had that's what he's been lacking and that's why he could sleep the way he could once that part of his body that part of his mind has gotten that um gotten that f uh, fulfillment if you know what i'm saying so basically um when he uh, hugs um uh, sorry, when he hugs uh, Robert Paulson in the beginning, when he first meets him, um, he uh, obviously uh, Robert Paulson has boobs. He has uh, female boobs, basically, because um, what's happened is when he had a testicular testicular cancer, they had to um, uh, when they removed his um, testicles, they um, had to inject him with um, estrogen or yeah, they had to um, his body started producing estrogen too much estrogen so they had to try and level it off but when what when that happened that meant that meant he produced breasts um so um he's got breasts basically and uh when you think about it in a logical sense when the narrator's been hugged by um robert paulson robert paulson has boobs robert paulson is a very big man you know and Edward Norton, the narrator, is a very small guy. He's quite petite. So if you look at it logically, 
it looks like when he's embracing him, it looks like, uh, you know, you, you can't see Robert Paulson's head. You can just see his chest when, when he's embracing him. So it looks like he's hugging a female and that female is looking after him like a son and a mother. So that entail it shows what um, Edward Norton is, is, is craving. He's getting that. He's getting that, you know, like it's just, it's, it's an, um, it's a, a just it's just a satisfaction that he um, gets to embrace uh, like a, a female like body, you know, someone who's warm, someone who's big and can protect him, which is what he's looking. That's what he needs because his childlike self hasn't ever 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 embodied that. He hasn't got that. So obviously, logically looking at it, you know that that's what he's getting from that embrace and if you and if you keep watching as well in other scenes when he's in other support groups he's he's hugging women he's crying and hugging with women it's always it's most of the time it's with William Barr um, Robert Paulson I don't think you see him hugging another man you don't see him hugging another man you only see him hugging Robert Paulson and, and a woman so um, and then obviously Marla after because when he's trying to tell her to not come to the support groups anymore he hugs her too so basically you can see where um the need and the uh, temporary uh, um, gratification comes from. You can see where the need is for him wanting someone to uh, look after him and embrace him. You can see where um, the, uh, the the reasoning for um, him wanting to go to these support groups and getting um, what he needs. And, and that if we go a bit deep, that's what we're going a bit deeper into is why he needs to go there in the first place, why he's got insomnia. Do you know what I mean? Like, so obviously these sort of things, they all contribute to the, the main reasons why he created Tyler in the first place. And the, the, the telltale, say, uh, telltale signs obviously are, like I said, when he's speaking with Tyler about his parents growing up. Because basically DID most of the time um it, it comes from a trauma that a child um very young child i might add um has suffered um through their um childhood so it could be uh, abuse physical abuse could be mental abuse it could be um um sexual abuse but um it, it's always a, a certain abuse it, it, it's more um a, well when books that i've read it's more um children that have gone through uh, sexual abuse um that create DID but um, I, I, we don't know that because we don't know anything about what happened to him as a child but we, we can only um, we can only um, speculate that uh, at some point he's not um, he's obviously formed an um, dependence on uh, trying to find uh, nurturing and love from other people and other situations which he does he, tr he tries to find it in Tyler he tries to find it in Marla um and he tries to find it in support groups basically so we, we can establish that he hadn't had that growing up also we can establish from a scene where he says um when he believes that Marla is sleeping with um Tyler um he he says um oh you know oh I'm, I'm a six-year-old boy again and you know my parents are making me rally notes to each other basically saying oh your mom said this um your dad said this you know but blah blah rallying notes to each other rather than um talking to each other using their son as an um an owl basically a puppet to go to each other each other and speak through the son 
which obviously that can be really distressing for a child, especially six years old, because he's saying I'm six years old again, and no one's um, you know, not I'm I'm the one who has to speak for um each parent to each parent. You know, that's a lot to put on a a young child's um shoulders, and also with DID, it it normally happens because um this child this uh child never had any sense of um care as in nobody come and take took them from that situation there was no safe space or safe place to go so obviously this this um narrator has grown up with nowhere to go always the same you know it's just him alone and then if you think about that then when they go to that derelict home tyler's home you can see why he's so at at home with being alone and not having any TV or not having anyone in um any mile radius around him. You can see how that could interpret in his upbringing as a child. He's always felt alone. So he's, he's absolutely fine to be. And obviously, creating Tyler was someone he could latch onto and be, um you know, in a unionship with that person. So, yeah, you can see how... It all makes sense when it comes to why he um, uh, created Tyler and uh, why I believe that it's DID he suffers with, not not MPD, because I think it's not it's not just a personality, it's a total identity, it's a total other person, which he keeps dissociating from himself to, to Tyler. Um, throughout the um, end scene, when, um, you know, obviously Tyler's saying, you know, oh, you're the one that's done this and you know you you can't stop this now it has to go it has to go on and then they keep it keeps being conflicted because he's trying to stop it he's trying to um keep it going and in the end obviously uh tyler's tyler ends up getting what he wants and his initiative is is played out um and executed because um the buildings all the buildings blow up all the um uh credit card buildings blow up there's there's um, explosive in every single building and uh starting with um this one uh, the one that they're in it's it's from then um so yeah um all the buildings blow up and um he says to uh marla you know i'm i'm sorry uh, you just met me a real strange time in my life and then it ends um cuts to uh end credits um so you know all in all this movie for me is is absolutely excellent you know i I think that everything it talks about is so intriguing so um it's to be honest i think when it for when it came out it was really um forward forward thinking in uh today's society really because it's it's still it still um you know relates to today today's society and you know the things that are going on because it's obviously and it's another conspiracy movie i reckon definitely when it comes to you know saying about you know um consumers and um people um being fooled by government people being fooled by major corporations and that it, it, it's, it's another conspiracy movie but it goes more into depth um and then you know it's not just that it's a, it's a psycho it's a psycho um psychoanalogy kind of movie too you know it's it goes into someone who has uh, i believe has did you know and uh, if you watch any movies with people um that um 
attend their story about that like split but that's not a real it's not a real story it's not a fact-based story but um there are um movies there are movies that um do talk about and are about did people with that and um he's definitely one of those people uh in this character in this movie this movie is definitely showing that um whether it has any truth in it i don't know I don't know if this is a truthful thing. I know it's from my, a book has written been written. I know there's comics as well, but um, I don't know if it's uh, true. Yeah, it has any truth in it. But uh, all in all, like yeah, I love the movie. I loved everything about it. I think the actors, Edward Norton, is a very good actor. He's one of my favourites, and so is Brad Pitt. But yeah, no, um, absolutely brilliant. And like, I'd definitely give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, eleven out of ten. If you know, if that was possible, it, it's it's brilliant. Um, so. If you have any, um, you know, comments or um, anything to say about the movie, then just go to our um, my Twitter account and, um, you know, just let us know there. Uh, let, you can listen to this on Spotify. You can listen to this on um, uh, Anchor. Um, and, um, yeah, we'd, we'd like to hear from you. So uh, let us know what, what you think about this movie. You've been listening to Chanel on the Movie Discussion Cooker. Until next time, thanks for listening.